You are listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom. Soul Searching is a journey where I engage with faith leaders and academics to explore deep questions of meaning. Questions that all of us ask at some point in our lives, such as, why are we here? What is right and wrong? Is there good and evil? Is truth relative or absolute? Is there life after death? And to help us in our journey this evening, we're very honoured to welcome to our show Rabbi Barry Block, Rabbi of Congregation B'nai Israel in Arkansas, Vice President of the Central Conference of American Rabbis, and the editor of the Musa Torah Commentary and the Social Justice Torah Commentary, both available at ccarpress.org and on Kindle through Amazon. Barry, welcome to our show. Thank you. It's so good to be with you. I mean, your book, I, I've read through the the social justice Torah commentary. I loved it. It takes the, oh, the thank you. It takes the weekly reading from the Torah, the, from the first five books of Moses, and it, it has differing authors talk about social justice themes connected with that portion. So, my obvious first question is: as the editor of a book like this, what drove you to create this book? Why does the world need the social justice Torah commentary? So I don't know about you, but for me and for most of our rabbinic colleagues, at one time or another, we have heard somebody say to us, Rabbi, we want to hear uh, Torah from uh, the pulpit, not uh, social justice or not politics is usually what they say. And, um, you know, I, I define politics as it is in our federal law, um, about tax exempt organizations as as um, endorsing or opposing a candidate from the pulpit, which I would never do and don't do, and I don't think our our colleagues do um, in in Reform Judaism. Unfortunately, we do know that happens in other uh, religious segments of our country, but um, but this book is meant as a refutation really of the idea that Torah and social justice are two different things. Um, Instead, Torah establishes a community founded on social justice. But the purpose of the social justice Torah commentary is not only to refute that argument, but also as an antidote to what I think too many people do when they attempt to ground the social justice argument um, in uh, sacred text. Uh, too often, we don't go deeply enough. Hmm. You know, we we um, we will cite cherished and and extraordinarily important principles of of our tradition. Um, that everybody is created in God's image. Justice, justice shall you pursue. Remember the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. And and that we will base our um, social justice arguments rather thinly often on those um, principles without diving deeply into what our tradition really does have to say um, that may be relevant to modern problems of social injustice. I love what you say about, and you mentioned it in the introduction to the book about the congregant who complains, we want Torah, not politics. Uh, When I was in my first congregation in England, they kept complaining that I was the social justice rabbi. And then I moved to Santa Fe and they're like, we we want you to be the social justice rabbi. So it does depend on the community, doesn't it? As well as the, um, 
as well as what does Torah mean to us? What does what do our sacred texts mean to us? Because I, I totally understand when you say we're not going deep enough and need to go deeper because when we have these underlying principles, underlying principles are fine, but but how do we use them to guide informed decisions? Right. So so we asked our authors to delve deeply into the parsha, the Torah portion they were assigned, and from there to construct a social justice argument. In other words, not to start with a topic they wanted to address, with the social justice topic they wanted to address, but instead to um, start with what does Torah say and what does um, the traditional Jewish way of studying Torah teach us. In other words, from from uh, ancient and medieval commentators, as well as as modern um, modern midrash and, and uh, academic study of of, of scripture. Um, so so you'll see in, the, in each chapter of of the social justice Torah commentary, the contributor, the contributing author has has really gone. Uh, has done a deep, deep dive into the portion. I think that's a fascinating way to do it, isn't it? Because many, many clergy, um, and not just rabbis, but many clergy have specific topics that they are passionate about, the environment or reproductive rights or refugees and immigration. But what you're doing is you're, you're starting with the text itself, aren't you? Yes, absolutely. And, and, um, you know, I'll, I'll give an example um, that, that I love to give and I've, I've given in his presence. Um, our colleague, Joel Mossbacher um, in New York City, is, is very well known for his advocacy on uh, gun rights issues and on, um, uh, on gun violence issues. <clears throat> his father having been murdered um, in, a, in a robbery of his store. And um, I asked uh, Rabbi Mossbacher to write on Parshat Achremot, a portion in the middle of the book of, of Leviticus, and he didn't write on gun violence at all. He wrote on the, um, mental illness and incarceration, mm-hmm. and the, the way that our justice system mistreats people with um, with, with mental illness. So, so um, many of the authors have quote unquote their own signature issues, um, and some of them did write on those. Um, grounded in the par- parsha that were assigned, but but many did not. What does that mean for you as an editor, bringing together um, writers, authors, and saying to them, seek it out in the text. You know, start with the text. What does that mean for you in terms of what Torah means for us? What what our, our biblical tradition means for us? Well, so so. Part of the work of of the editor is to articulate to the contributors what what the expectations of a chapter in the book are. So so my invitation to participate as a contributor in this book was very clear that um, that that the expectation was to to dive deep deeply and and. Um, and then, when I would receive a draft, um, if if the uh, social justice argument was very clear and the justification based on on, uh, on Torah was thin, I 
you know, sent it back for more work. Although I actually didn't have to do that very often. Um, but but I, I think you're asking also another question, which is how do I regard the way that, that Jewish tradition teaches us to live? Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I understand that many of your listeners are Christian, in particular Catholic. And so they may be unfamiliar with, with um, even the nature of what Judaism is when we say Judaism is a religion and what the definition of religion is, because I think most Americans would start off any definition of religion by talking about a set of beliefs. Mm. And, for, and Judaism is not primarily that, as you know. Judaism, first and foremost, is a set of actions of how we live our lives. And even for people like you and me who are Reformed Jews, who are part of the most liberal branch of Judaism, that, that, uh, that's uh, not a literalist, uh, we, we don't take a literalist read of our tradition, even for us, for all Jews, um, the, the way that we look at our tradition is, what does it teach me about how I'm supposed to live? Mm. In other words, the literature that we turn to is the literature of halakha, the literature of how we live our lives. Now, the Social Justice Torah Commentary is founded in the text of the Torah itself and uh, the way that we read it portion by portion. And as we look at each portion, we find that the rabbis who, de- who developed halakhic literature, in other words, the literature about how we're supposed to live our lives, do base themselves on the five books of Moses, on, on, on the Torah. And so we find um, guidance about how to live uh, through uh, texts that are um, very ancient and others that are a little less ancient, like, uh, like, like uh, those of the, the ancient rabbis. Let, let me ask before we take a break, because I, I love the fact that you're bringing out the idea of, of, of action and not necessarily belief. For you as mm-hmm. a for you as a rabbi, what does it what does it mean for you that we encounter God through action, not necessarily through belief? Because I, I, I suspect that's part of a sort of underlying theology of this book. Um that that what we think, what we believe isn't as important as what we do with that belief. What does that mean for you in terms so, of any kind of relationship with with God or with other people that's grounded on action more than belief? So, so I certainly agree that, that belief is empty if, if we don't act on it. I'm not sure that I would, I would um, agree with a, with a dichotomy, though, that, that belief and, and action are necessarily unconnected. In other words, um, understanding oneself to be commanded suggests a belief that one is part of a people that has been called into covenant by God to fulfill a mission here on earth as God's partners in improving the world and building towards a messianic future. So I think that theology, that belief, is, is, a, is a critically important foundation um, from which we grow. 
I think that's that's a wonderful way to, to, to summarize your perspective on that. Thank you. I really appreciate that. We're going to have to take a break, um, but um, we'll be back uh, after this break to talk more with Rabbi Barry Block um, about uh, this process and the underlying thoughts behind the social justice Torah commentary. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. My guest this evening, Rabbi Barry Block, Rabbi of Congregation B'nai Israel in Arkansas, Vice President of the CCAR, the Central Conference of American Rabbis, and editor of the Musar Torah Commentary and the Social Justice Torah Commentary. And we were talking about the, uh, before the break, about the interaction between belief and action. And I want to I want to get back to the process of writing the book though. It was published in, it was published in late 2021. I understand it was all written in 2020 between between the beginning of the pandemic and the presidential election. So I wonder if you could describe the experience of editing the social justice Torah commentary at that fraught time between the beginning of the pandemic and the presidential election. Well, it really was something. And and to take everybody back to 2020, not only were we um, in the midst of a a pandemic that we understood very poorly at the time, and you'll recall that we were locked down for most of those months that you've described, but um, also um, we were at a time of um, renewed understanding of the problem of um, racial justice in our society and of uh, tremendous protest over that, as well as, um, you know, the lead up to the election and, 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 and all of the, the disunity in our country, shall we say, that surrounded that. Mm-hmm. So, so the, all of that was the backdrop. And, and what I particularly would like to lift up is racial justice, because the contributors of social justice Torah commentary, I would say, as a group, were already deeply concerned about racial justice before they were asked to write for the book. And one of my particular cautions to editors when I was asking them to pick social justice topics was not to pick a broad topic like, like, like racial justice, mm-hmm. because I expected that a number of, of, of the, uh, of the pieces in the book would be about racial justice issues, but about specific ones. And they did a beautiful job of that, but it was very hard to do that in a way that was, that would be meaningful and relevant beyond, you know, beyond the moment that we were in that, that took note of the moment in which we found ourselves and yet would still be, be meaningful for years to come, that it wouldn't be like a journal article or a newspaper article. And uh, about the COVID pandemic specifically, Rabbi Asher Knight writes a a really important piece on Parashat Mitzorah about um, the injustices and inequities, inequalities revealed by plagues and pandemics. And he certainly refers very specifically to um, the COVID pandemic. But, but I think that readers will find that to be meaningful and applicable broadly to, to plagues and pandemics, whether historic or, God forbid, in the future. Sure. It, it sounds like 
It was a powerful journey for you to edit this and to to bring it together. Um, was were there any surprises when you were editing this book? Was there anything that challenged you um, about the process of editing this book? Well, one thing I want to say is that I learned a great deal. You know, I, I you know, just as as you say, you were pegged in 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 England as the quote social justice rabbi. You know, I I've I have served virtually my entire rabbinic career, and I've been a rabbi 31 years this month. So, so um, I've served virtually my entire career in Texas and, and in Arkansas. And, um, you know, so I certainly have that reputation of being a, quote, social justice rabbi, but one can't be um, fully informed on every possible topic. And uh, there's a portion called Toldot. So Parashat Toldot um, includes uh, much of the story of Isaac and Rebecca. It begins with the story of, of Rebecca's difficult pregnancy and the birth of the twins and the selling of the, or, 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 or I should say, or Esau spurning the birthright for a mess of pottage. And then later, um, Isaac wants to bless Esau and, and Rebecca tricks, uh, you know, involves this, uh, comes up with this whole plan to trick Isaac so that Jacob receives the blessing instead. Nestled in between, so I, I expected Rabbi David Spinrad, whom I asked to write on this parsha, to 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 write on one of those famous, well-known incidents. Mm-hmm. In between, in um, in in uh, Genesis chapter twenty-six, there's this story about Isaac digging three wells, yep. and uh, from that story, and there's a. There's a, a, a medieval commentator who says that so the first two wells that Isaac digs are stopped up, and Isaac calls the first one strife, and the second one discord, and and then the third one provides water that uh, it's it's effective. And um, there's a commentator who says that the, that one refers to the first temple that was destroyed, and the second one refers to the second temple that was destroyed, and the third refers to messianic redemption um, in a classical language to the third temple, but, but we would say more broadly, messianic redemption to come. And, and the idea that, that water and access to water mm-hmm. and, um, is tied up with, is, is important to our redemption, and to then become aware that of the inequities in the United States, you know, you and I, and I'm sure all your listeners were made somewhat aware of this when there was this horrible crisis with the water in Flint, Michigan. Mm. But, the, but that's only one example of the extraordinary um, inequities that I suspect some of these are in, are in New Mexico because there are particular inequities that face some um, uh, tribal populations. Right. Um, with access to clean water and uh, and, sanit- and and sewage, and so I learned about a problem about which I knew nothing, really. And uh, and if I knew nothing, how much more so for for readers who aren't um, immersed in these issues and and learned new Torah. I, I also want to say something about Israel, about the way Israel is is addressed in the book. Um, It's one area on which there's diversity of opinion uh, in the book. And I, uh, you know, one of the goals that I set out um, in, in designing the book was that, that, uh, 
you know, that 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 um, contributors did not have to take a party line. They could they could take a position that was opposed to, let's say, a, a position that that the Central Conference of American Rabbis had taken on an issue. Um, few did that. But but um, but on Israel, we have um, an essay on um, called Worthy of the Land by um, Rabbi Jeremy Barris. Mm-hmm. Um, that's based on on the portion in in Genesis in which God um, calls Abraham and Sarah and sends them to the land to begin with. And we have a piece by Rabbi Jill Jacobs of Parashat Behar, which is the the portion um, in which we learn about the sabbatical year, the way that we treat the land. And both of them ground opposite positions about about, uh, the occupation of the West Bank, both of them ground their views in the portion they were assigned, but also in a verse that says that if the people of the land aren't worthy, aren't just and righteous, the land will vomit them out. Mm-hmm. And Rabbi Barris applies that to Palestinians who may tolerate terror and says the land will, if they're not careful, the land will vomit them out. And Rabbi Jacobs by contrast, applies that to um, the state of Israel and the Jewish population of Israel, that if we don't address the injustices of the, of, of the, um, of the occupation, that it is the Jewish state that will be vomited out. And I, I loved reading the, the differences in opinion and the, the openness, and that's, that I believe is one of the strengths of our movement, that, um, that right. we explore differing opinions and and we base them on our understanding of text i i think i i was really very moved um exactly as you said when you when you were talking about the the water usage and the uh, racial and social aspects of of clean water i remember one of our shows quite a while ago when elder kathy sanchez from tewa women united came onto the show and she was talking about um, the Tewa access to land and particularly um, their perspective on the Los Alamos laboratories uh, here um, yeah. and how the radioactive um, waste that comes from there, um, uh, according to her, has helped uh, poison and pollute um, the, their water. And so, uh, so mm-hmm. I, I really love that connection that, um, that makes it very relevant here in New Mexico as well. So let let me ask, we've got about five minutes left. There's so much in this book. There are so many different topics, as you say, that go into so much depth. But in the last few minutes, can you share other topics that you wish were covered but but didn't actually make it into the book? So, so, um, yes, first, um, perhaps more obvious, is that Despite the fact that there are quite a few contributors who identify as gay, lesbian, transgender, non-binary, or, or some other um, form of some other identity that falls into LGBTQ, um, there is only one piece in the entire book that touches on that issue, mm-hmm. and it's a piece um, that that's it's rather extraordinary, co-written by um, a reform rabbi and an ultra-Orthodox rabbi, Rabbi Sharon Kleinbaum and Rabbi Mike Moskowitz, who worked together in New York on LGBTQ issues. And their piece is really about 
about um, immigration and and more specifically the the inequalities that and uh, particular problems that that um, gay, lesbian, and transgender um, immigrants face mm-hmm. um, coming to this country, particularly for family reunification. So, but otherwise, um, gay, lesbian, transgender issues are not touched. Um, we've certainly seen those issues um, come very much to the fore in 21, 2021 and 2022. I wonder if in 2020 we were still basking in the Obergefell afterglow and thinking that that problem had gone away. Hmm. Um, and so um, that, that issue is not very much touched in the book. The other thing that isn't touched at all is any social justice issue outside of North America and Israel. Right. So, for example, um, the, um, the plight of the Rohingya or the people um, who have been ethnically cleansed in Burma um, and, uh, and, and the plight of the Uyghurs um, subject to, um, to horrific persecution, genocide by, by the Chinese. Um, issues such as that um, in, in the global south or other places where, where there's oppression and, and, and tremendous poverty outside of North America, Israel is not addressed in the book. I mean, it's difficult, though, isn't it? it? It's difficult, though, because one of the one of the challenges in the information age is that we come to realize how much there information there is with seven billion people on the planet, and then we come to see how much suffering there is, how much injustice there is. So, in some sense, I guess I'm 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 forgiving you for this. <laughs> in some sense, <laughs> because how how you know. There's so much suffering in the world. There's so much injustice. How can it all be done in one book? Unless the answer is, of course, a volume two. Well, there could be that. But I I, I think that what's important is to understand the organizational principle of this book, right? Which was to say to each, I assigned to each contributor a Torah portion. Mm. I didn't assign them to write on X social justice topic. Mm. Okay, so and I asked them to propose to me what social justice topic they wanted to address, which I did so that we wouldn't have duplication, but not so that but not so that we could cover the whole waterfront, because what would the whole waterfront be of social ills in the world? As you say, there are other books um, that address social justice issues topically um, from a Jewish perspective, um, in particular. Um, one that's edited by our colleagues Jonah Pesner and Seth Limmer, um, the, the, t- the title of which is escaping me at the at the moment. But but um, but it's from CCA. It's it's, it's oh, on CCA. It's, it's, it's called yeah. yes. It's called Moral Resistance and Spiritual Authority. Yes. yes. Um, edited by Rabbis Limmer and and Pesner, and yes, it's also from CCAR Press. Um, and so that's that's a book where social justice. Um, um, issues are are addressed and, or, and it's organized topically, which which is not the organizational um, scheme of of the social justice to our commentary. 
Well, look, I've I've really I've really appreciated you coming and sharing a deeper perspective on this book. I think it is a wonderful book. It's a wonderful resource. Um, so I really want to thank you, Rabbi Barry Block, um, editor of the Social Justice Torah Commentary, which is available at ccarpress.org and on Kindle through Amazon. Thank you so much for coming to our show and sharing the importance of this book. Thank you. It's been all my pleasure. You've been listening to Soul Searching with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom and from the Interfaith Leadership Alliance of Santa Fe. Until we return again in two weeks' time, keep searching.